You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M, and like I said, I'm going to talk this into existence. I'm going to bring it into relevancy. I'm going to make it happen in my mind because it's definitely not going to happen outside of my mind. But what would happen if Texas A&M took on the likes of Ohio State in the battle of the number four seed? Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. You can find my name right down below if you are watching on Tigna right there. There we go. And if you give me a follow, let me know what you want to hear. I will add it into the repertoire. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th May related content found here on LLP. You can always subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify. If you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So I read this up yesterday. I'm going to continue to talk about it. I'm going to continue to kind of mention it a little bit more and more. Texas A&M is getting screwed. They are. It's not a, oh, I, I don't believe it. Oh, you know, it's all based off Peyton. No, they are. Because of according to what's going on and what we're saying today, because AM did not finish their season schedule with games against Ole Miss and Tennessee, they're not going to be able to have enough wins to go to the college football playoff. On the flip side, Ohio State, they're 5-0. and It's the final week of the season for the Buckeyes. According to the Big Ten ruling set by Kevin Warren at the start of the year, six wins or six games gets you in to the college football conversation because you'll be able to go to the Big Ten championship in Indianapolis. If the season were to end today on those rules, Ohio State would not be going to the Big Ten championship. Indiana, who they did beat, would go to face Northwestern. That would decide who wins the Big Ten Championship in 2020. Whether it's fair or not, that was the ruling way back at the start of the year. Back when there was not going to be a Big Ten football season. Back when there wasn't going to be Big Ten sports on. They said, no, we're done. We're going to play in the spring. We're going to have spring football. You know how the XFL and the AAF worked out? Yeah, we're going to do that. College level, though. By the way, Justin Fields, uh, he's going to go play for us for, you know, all of eight games. And then after he plays for us, he's going to go immediately into the NFL draft. And then Justin Fields was like, no, I'm not. No, I'm going to go because my stock's high. I don't want to get hurt days before I get drafted to go play in the NFL. No, I'm good. Like, whoa, 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 hold it. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. Well, the SEC is kind of doing something really interesting. And the ACC is kind of doing something really interesting. And we still have good teams. Let's put a season together last second. And let's make sure that we're included in that college football playoff conversation. And that's why Ohio State is where they're at. Texas A&M has played their season. And up until Monday afternoon, they were going to have a 10-game season. Now, again, everything is a little different this year. You know, with COVID-19 and with everything going on, you're supposed to have 12 games a year. But 10 is more than 8. 10 is more than six, and eight wins is more than five wins by a significant amount. And we're going to say, oh, because of everything going on in society, 
let's just go ahead and just name Ohio State, you know, a 5-0 and team and send them to the college football playoff. Because they have an exciting player, and A&M is nothing, and Florida, even though they have the Heisman front runner, in my opinion, and in most people's opinion, they have two losses. A&M has one loss, and Ohio State has zero losses. None. Hate to be the bearer of bad news, Ohio State fans. And guess what? I grew up in Big Ten country. My mom is a Rutgers alum. My dad is an IU alum. My cousins went to Purdue. I have other cousins that went to Northwestern. And I have a ton that went to Illinois. I have grown up in Big Ten country. You do not deserve to be in the college football playoff. Unless this were to happen. Because of the game was canceled. The game. And everyone knows what I'm talking about when I say the game. Michigan-Ohio State. The game was canceled. Ohio, uh, Ole Miss and AM were canceled. And last weekend, we saw Coastal Carolina and BYU playing a game within three days. Coastal Carolina, middle of Southern South Carolina. BYU, heart of Utah. Go, nope, we're going to fly out and we're going to play the chance clears. Because we want to show the college football playoff committee we've earned this. And what happened? It was an exciting game. Don't get me wrong. Zach Wilson did have a couple of big, big-time misses, and he had some big-time throws that he could have had. And if not for that literal stop at the two-yard line, that game would have gone into overtime. Chanticleers won. Coastal Carolina is setting themselves up to be in line to take over as the non-Power 5 team in the New Year's Six Bowls over BYU. And it stinks because BYU was actually a really fun team to watch. BYU had a lot of interesting storylines. But the conversation that came up, literally everyone on Twitter, if you did not go on Twitter yesterday, you missed out. What about Ohio State and Texas A&M? You know, we're seeing every single week these two be talked about as the number four and the number five team. Okay, well, Ohio State has to go ahead and try and get into their own Big Ten championship game. Well, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. But there could be a valid argument here that AM finishes eight and two, and both their losses came to the teams that were represented in the college football playoff. There could also be another argument here that says, okay, the SEC is not as good as the Big Ten. Let's find out. Let's let's find out if one of the weaker of the top three teams in the SEC is not as strong as the strongest team in the Big Ten. It makes a ton of sense. We're here arguing back and forth. Who is the number four seed? We're going to find out for sure if Florida is in that conversation in two weeks. That's a done deal. We know Florida is going to have their shot to prove it. Is Ohio State, if the ruling were set today to where they don't get to go to the Big Ten Championship, they should not even be in the conversation unless they play against another top-tier opponent. And Texas A&M, because of a loss early in the season, week two, by the way, against Alabama, they're likely not even going to get a second look at the college football playoff conversation. They could, though. They should, though, if this game were played. And the reality is, it probably isn't. But for all, all intents and purposes, and let's just be real, I want to break this game down. I really want to talk about why this game is super important and why this game should happen. 
But before I do any of that, do you ever feel like you're always on the go, go, go with 24-7 nonstop action due to your social life, dealing with family, friends, whatever it is? Sometimes the best gift to give someone this holiday season is relaxation. And the best way I like to do so is kick back and drink an ice cold beer. That beer to me is Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what beer is on, what sport is on this holiday season, it is absolutely time for you to sit back and drink an ice cold beer. And with the beer from Coors Light being cold lagered, cold pressed, cold filtered by the great people of the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, your beer will come out as ice cold as the Colorado Rockies themselves. Literally, the beer is made to chill. Coors Light is a beer that I always reach for because I know that those blue mountains will tell me that I am going to be in for a delicious treat whenever I sit down and need to sit back and relax. So I recommend to always drink Coors Light. It's beer for me. It should be the beer for you because it's literally the beer made for everyone because it's made to chill. Go get Coors Light delivered straight to your door at the new Coors Light delivery system at get.coorslight.com. Remember, always celebrate responsibly. For anyone who doesn't know, Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by our great friends at Built Bar. Now, Built Bar, you know the promo codes of the past 12 great flavors. Now there's six new ones, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bakia, lemon almond cheesecake, and carrot cake. These bars are more like candy bars than they are actually protein bars because they're soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% real chocolate. They're great for someone on the keto diet because of their low calorie, low, uh, low carbs, high protein, low sugar, and they're great for the people always on the go. I, I tell, I'm telling you this right now. I have one before every single workout, and I, I'm loving the peanut butter one right now. 19 grams of protein, over 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. You're not going to find a product like this anywhere else on the shelves, and it's the holiday season. What's the best holiday gift? It's starting the new year off right with a delicious treat to get back in shape for 2021. And when you go visit BillBar.com, you can use the promo code locked on to save 20% off your first purchase. That promo code is locked on at BillBar.com. Stop eating your salty sweets. Go get a delicious treat to meet your necessity needs. Built Bar from BillBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, can get your opinion on something. If you love quality podcasts surrounding your favorite sports teams? If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to get you geared up and win at your fantasy sports league. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So I bring up this conversation because of a lot of people are asking, well, what would it mean for this to be a fair fight? Now, again, uh, when Michigan and Ohio State were canceled, the immediate conversation went to, let's play Texas A&M. Ohio State, they're 5-0. and They need more points. Ideally, a conference championship will keep them around in the college football playoff conversation. It's hard to say anything other than that for the sheer fact of the matter that we don't know what Ohio State truly is. And the games that we did see from Ohio State aren't really that impressive outside of one. I mean, you had a great day against Nebraska. And Nebraska, let's see, they are, what, two and four? Yeah, great win by Nebraska, I guess, at that point. Your game two was against Penn State. Penn State, they're two and five. You have a guy who's being talked about in James Franklin, possibly being on the hot seat in a COVID-19 year where everything is crazy. But they're two and five. After that, you play Rutgers. If you don't beat Rutgers, that's actually more of a statement on you than anything else. Next game was against Maryland. Uh, uh, Talia Tungavailoa and Mike Loxley from the SEC, for those of you who don't remember him. That got canceled because of the COVID-19 protocols. Understandable. Totally understand that one. 
After that, you had Indiana. Indiana, you were leading 35-7 to with less than, what was it, 22 minutes left in the game? And then at one point, you were leading 42-14. to You won that game 42-35, to and if not for a trick play at the very end on fourth and short that you got, you may have lost that game. Indiana might have been undefeated. After that, you played against uh, Michigan State. Michigan State has literally beaten nobody outside of Northwestern. That's their most convincing win on the year. And then you have that. You're kind of done. I'll give this. Justin Fields, in his five games that he has played, four of them he has thrown for over 275 yards. One of them he has thrown for under. There is the game, though, against Indiana where he did have three turnovers against two touchdowns. For the year, Fields has been pretty consistent. He's exactly what you're looking for when trying to see if this is at one point a Heisman Trophy winner. He won't win it this year for the sheer fact of there's just not enough time for him to be able to come out and go get enough points to go in and get the score. But 1,407 yards, 15 touchdowns, three interceptions, not bad numbers. That three interception game, though, he would have been 15 and 0 passing for a touchdown interception ratio if he did not have those in that game. I'll give a credit to Indiana. They have a very sound defense. They're very quality under Tom Allen. Tom Allen has been a defensive guy. He does a fantastic job building his defenses up. So you got to give a lot of credit there. But then you can go to Texas AM. A 17 to 12 victory over Vanderbilt. Struggle win. Can't deny that. Then you go beat the number three team in the country, Florida, 41-38. After you played the number two team in the country and unfortunately lost by almost 28 points, 54 to 24. I mean, that's, you lost by four touchdowns. That, that's a given. That's horrible. Come out next week. You beat Mississippi State 28-14 on the road. It's always hard to play in Starkville. Anyone you ever ask in any different sport, in any different division, you can be in the East, you can be in the West, you can be Alabama, you can be LSU, you can be Texas A&M. Every single beat writer will tell you, just like I'm telling you, playing in Starkville is actually difficult. I don't know why, but it is. You see better games from teams when they play at home against the Bulldogs than when they go travel to Starkville. After that, they came home. Convincing win over the league-leading defense in the SEC in Arkansas, 42-31. Then you had your game against uh, South Carolina. You steamrolled them in Columbia. It led to the firing of Will Muschamp. Back-to-back weeks, games postponed. Understood. 20-7 victory over LSU. I give a lot more credit to the defense than I do the offense on that one. Then you have an offensive game. A lot of people are going to say, oh, well, you know, you only won by, what, 10 points. You only won, you know, you only won by 11. Nah. That win against Auburn showed what the potential this team can be. It didn't have to be a close game. It could have been even closer, and it still would have been great offensive showing. So it was a great defensive showing. You know why? Because Ohio State is ranking themselves as the number two or three team in the country in recruiting. They're bringing in guys who eventually become top five picks in the NFL at the cornerback position, top five picks of the NFL at the defensive end spot. They have a quarterback. 
they're going to have their second quarterback draft in the first round in the last two years. And the guy who replaced Dwayne Haskins is going to go probably even higher than Dwayne Haskins. And by the way, the guy who lost out to Dwayne Haskins had to go to the SEC to become the number one overall pick in the Heisman Trophy. Just saying. Facts are facts. That's a fact. A&M may not have that. They may not have a first-round pick this year. They may not even have a pick in the first three rounds this year. I mean, at one point, Javon Osmond was the only one I was guaranteed to say he will be a top 100 pick. There's a lot of good receivers out this year. A lot of good ones who have made a name for themselves while he's been sitting at home. I get his training and his combine performance will be essential to his success. But there may not be a first, second, or third round pick from an AM player this year. Last year, the very first pick by AM that was selected was in the third round by Justin Matabike. Consistency, though, from this offense, amazing play from this defense, has set AM up to be one of the more productive teams in the SEC. And you have to compete with Alabama in recruiting, in your own damn state, Texas in your own state. Oh, uh, you have to now worry about Ohio State coming up here. You have to worry about Georgia, LSU. And you're finishing top 10 under Jimbo Fisher in recruiting. You may not be in the top five yet, but you're finishing top 10 every year. Eight, seven, eight, six, seven. The last three recruiting classes under Jimbo Fisher. That's good. That's really good. Ohio State, who are you recruiting against? Michigan? Penn State? What are they? 16th? 18th? Indiana? They, were, they weren't they were even in the top 50 this past year. They were like 53. Nebraska? They're not the same team as they were when they were in the Big 12, and they won all those games. They're not that school anymore. So none of these wins that we're talking about, and Jimbo Fisher brought this up in the press conference yesterday, a win in the SEC is more important, and it's a convincing win, no matter who you play. It could be against Vanderbilt, South Carolina, or Alabama. It's a convincing win. Look at the Big Ten. Where is the convincing win? I'll tell you where. It be in College Station or in Columbus between one of these two. That's a convincing win. A sound defense, an incredible run game. Another 250-plus yard day for the run, running game of AM. Stop that. Make plays on that. Naturally, you won't because, of, unfortunately, the ruling of both the SEC and the Big Ten won't allow this to happen. But you can see every single person talking about it. I mean, here, listen, you had Danny Cannell talking about it, Marty Smith talking about it, Ben Baby talking about it, Ross Dellinger talking about it. Meet in the middle. Ross Dellinger got up even a greater point. He said, let's meet in the middle. We, you don't have to come up here. We don't have to go to you. Let's meet in Memphis. Let's meet at the Liberty Bowl. Fair, state, fair spot, no fans, you and I. Let's knock this out. Let's decide who truly is number one and number two, really number four and number five. Both were available this weekend. Both had a shot to make this happen. It's a better game than like 
I would say Coastal Carolina. Ohio State was still coming in favorite. I think that they were, you know, were they they were like a 14 point underdog. They were 14 point favorite. They were 28.5 favorite against Cincinnati, and I think they were 29.5 favorite over Coastal Carolina. It's a better game. It's better for ratings. It's better for fans. It's better for people. There are so many people who went out of their way going, we need to make this happen. Let's get this game going. And honestly, I think it's a very fair point. I think both of these teams have an opportunity to come out and show that they deserve it. I'm going to break down why in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Speaking of which, tomorrow's show. Let's break down the running game and how impressive it's been by A&M. Isaiah Spiller, Devon Shane, and Anaya Smith all have been key competitors to this A&M offense. More than any of that, they will be back for the 2021 season to work with Zach Calzada or Haynes King under center. This could be a big-time win for the Aggies who are trying to show they are competitive enough to hang with the Alabamas, the Auburns, and the LSUs, the SEC West. Make sure you listen in tomorrow's show right here on LockedOnPodcast.com, wherever you get your Locked On Podcast shows. So who's the better team, Ohio State or uh, Texas A&M? Let's break it down. Victories over Power 5 teams with winning records. Texas A&M has two. That would be... Uh, I believe that would be Auburn, and that would be Florida. And then Ohio State has one. It's Indiana. Wins over top 25 teams currently. Both have one. Indiana, Florida. Average margin of victory by Power 5 teams. This is where it gets a little confusing. And this is where I can understand why people say, well, they're not in the same category. A&M is winning by plus 9.3. And you have Ohio State winning by plus 23.4. It's almost a split at this point. Because you can say the competition in the SEC is a lot tougher. So 9.3 points is your average win. Well, you have an improving Arkansas team. You have a Mississippi State team that's learning a brand new system. And they still hung around and you only won by 14. You have Will Muschamp just kind of clocking out you have Gus Malzahn coaching for his job you have Alabama who somehow still was able to not even miss a single beat without two of the prime receivers for this receiving core and you also have Vanderbilt who at the start of the year in a COVID year I'll give you a little bit of credit you didn't even know you were going to have a season up until about six weeks before and even then you were being told it could be canceled Matt Coral, it would put up points. Honestly, he would put up a ton of points. But AM could put up a ton of points. And that could also mean if AM got enough stops defensively, they would be set to command their own respect and probably boost that up. And Tennessee's defense is god awful, so they didn't even boost that up. So I would say on average, they would win by about 11, 12 points if you add those two games in, in my opinion. But again, we're talking about top 25 wins on the year. Both have one. Both have one. And one you're saying is not good enough to even be in the top 10. And the other one is going to the SEC championship. Just thinking about that. 
Since you look at the combined records of opponents, it actually is still in favor of Ohio State. Ohio State's teams that they have faced are 14 and 19, and they average a 4.424 winning percentage. AM is 23 and 38. They average a 0.377. The difference is that they have a big time loss on their record to Alabama, and it was a blowout. I mean, 28 points is a lot. But you take away that game, they're pretty even. They both have a top 25 victory. They both have a struggle win. They both had to go down to the wire to get that tw- top 25 win. So there's not a significant win on that sense. AM also is playing at a consistent level. They had those two weeks where they were off, and then that was it. Ohio State, they had a week on, week off, week on, week off. So they're still playing, and they had that intensity. Ohio State will not have played their last two weeks before fighting out there in the college football playoff. Just get that just get that clear real fast. AM still will have one more game to play this week, next week. Ohio State's done. If, if they're if they're serious and they're not going to the Big Ten Championship, they're done. Their season's over. You look at head-to-head matchups. I think that you know location is very big. The one thing that I worry about is. Can Texas A&M pass the ball? We've seen Kalamon be good. We've seen Kalamon struggle. We've seen Kalamon have his ups and downs. Justin Fields can pass. We know he can. I mean, outside of those three interceptions, he can. But the defensive backs at Ohio State are weak. Ty Freifogel for Indiana had over 200 receiving yards. And this is Sean Wade, who everyone was saying was going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. So Chase Lane can win with his speed. Hezekiah Jones can win with his route running. Jalen Weidemeyer can win with his size. And I still think you could throw in even a guy like Demond Demas, who no one's even seen this year. He can win because of his vertical presence. I think that's an advantage for AM if they have the right quarterback. Imagine if you had on the flip side, you know, Justin Fields in College Station. Would this even be a conversation? Probably not. You also have to wonder about the other other side of it. Defensive backs for AM. Jalen Jones is going to be a great player. He got burnt by John Mechie, another freshman. So it's not even a oh, veteran versus veteran. No, it's rookie versus rookie. I still think AM has a good shot, but I like advantage over to Ohio State in the passing game because of the sheer fact is they just have a quarterback who's consistent. That doesn't mean that AM can't win because then we go to the run game. I think AM has the advantage. You have three different running backs who can find ways to be effective on the ground. One be effective through the air, one be effective as a vertical threat, one be effective as a receiving option, the slot. There's just so many different things that Devon Shane, Isaiah Spiller, and Anaya Smith can do that makes them dangerous. I mean, overall, you look at this team. And I view them as a three-headed horseman. They all have a skill set that neither one possesses, and it helps them be effective. So I think that that helps them out. I've seen Ohio State's run defense maybe not give up 296 yards on the day, 300 yards on the day, but I've seen them give up a lot of big plays. 
Just a couple big runs. And in a game like this, that's all you really need. A couple big runs, trust your offense, get points. I give the run advance to AM. Ultimately, I think location matters. So I would toss this up. If the game was played in Ohio State, the frigid cold of Ohio State, I think the Buckeyes win. If the game was played in College Station, I think AM wins. They have the momentum, they have the drive, they also have the fans. A lot more than what Ohio State has. If they meet in the middle, I think it's a fair showing of what this could be. At the end of the day, if Florida wins the SEC championship over Alabama, it's Alabama, it's Clemson, it's Notre Dame, and it's Florida in the college football playoff. Hands down. Not even a question. You can't justifiably say Ohio State deserves to be in this conversation right now without a big significant win. AM has two wins over teams that were at one point ranked in the top 25. They could have a third. Ohio State, they have two. One's a two and five team. One is probably going to the college football, uh, going to the Big Ten Championship. Your move, Ohio State, pick up the phone, call Ross Bjork, meet in the middle. Make the Liberty Bowl shine bright in the city of Memphis, Tennessee. Let's see who really is number four in the nation. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Make sure you're following this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Tomorrow, let's talk about the run game. Another 300-yard day for these running backs. Can A&M be effective past 2020 in the run game? We'll talk all about that more tomorrow. We'll see you then. And remember, you're going to be This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.